Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Hi, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay. Here's the thing. Everybody talks about something like CPAC. We're going to talk to somebody that was actually there, turned down the noise on a file that was actually going on. National narratives sometimes don't always give the pictures. So let's talk to somebody that was actually there. Our friend Chris Schlack is with us. He was there on the ground. He's a graduate of the University of Texas. But for the purposes of this discussion, we will not hold that against him. He's also an intern fellow at US Today. How you doing, my friend? Thank you for the time. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate your time. Okay, let's start big picture here. For folks, in case they don't know, what is CPAC? Because this used to be the once a year gathering of the American Conservative Union. It was a weird thing, really big deal. This is kind of a different beast now because it's c- turned into a little bit of a roadshow. They're taking it around the world. They're taking it around. They've been to Hungary. They've been to parts in the U.S. This was the Dallas one or the Texas one. I saw it promoted as both. Just talk about how this is a little you may have thought of as CPAC traditionally. Yeah, so CPAC is uh, the Conservative Political Action Committee, and um, traditionally in the past, they'd have um, distinguished speakers like George Will and Mitch Daniels, and um, it'd be an annual thing. And um, recently, it doesn't seem anything like uh, what it used to be. Um, if you just watched YouTube videos of uh, CPAC in the past, it just it's nothing like it is today. Today, it's... Uh, it's um it, like you said a road show it, it's all around the world it was in israel and um it's th- there's a lot of like circus like antics that in my perspective a little disappointing um I, I i would like to experience the cpac of the past yeah and you wrote in usa to a piece inside cpac let's start there you're a texas guy anyway this was in texas when you went what was the environment on the ground there i know see the only the big things get headlines trump gives a speech orban gives a speech 
we'll get into the crazy theatrical stuff that trended on social media. But mostly these are just regular people showing up for the show of it. When you're just walking through the halls, the vendor tables, these things, what's the atmosphere? What's the kind of people you're running into? The people that I'm running into are very Trumpy. Um, they're, they're usually all decked out in either Trump stuff or conservative stuff. On the first day, there wasn't that much Trump stuff. But uh, on the third day, it was just all Trump stuff because that's when he was speaking. Um, yeah, the people uh, very supportive of him. Um, there was there was some like some silly moments like um, people saying hoorah like like they were in the military or something. Uh, yeah, there there was some there's a lot of silliness, but um, it was mostly a very 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 MAGA. Um. When you're when you're talking to these folks, you talk about them being decked out. What's your feel when you're actually in the room though? Is believers? Is it people that are like a spectator sport? You go to the show, you wear the team jersey. Is there a ratio between those two things? How did it feel when you're actually in the room with these folks? Uh, it seemed seemed to me like the majority were true believers um, based on the reactions in the crowds. Um, a lot of them uh, cheered to everything a typical Trump supporter would cheer to. Uh, a lot of cheering for 2,000 mules um, whenever that was mentioned in a positive light. Um, and same thing for um, anti-vax kind of um kind of talk at the when people were speaking so it, i i think a lot of them were actual true believers there were like instances of uh like guys in yarmulkes with uh trump's face on it <laughs> um there's uh one guy with uh trump's face on his shirt and and under it um there was white bold text that said sexiest man alive <laughs> so yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of it seemed to me like a lot of people um, were actual true believers, not just you know putting on a, a jersey. When you're when you're doing this, you talk. I know the silly folks start to trend really really fast. You dealt with some of these, you're tweeting some of them out on your social media. Um, what's some of the really ones that kind of got your attention? Because you get the folks in the convention hall that are let's just call it what it is. They're kind of getting their attention, that sort of thing. What's a couple of those? Because you tweeted some of them out, but what's the ones that kind of really jumped out at you? A few of them. Yeah. So uh, one of them that I did tweet out was uh, um, Brandon Straka. He's the founder of um, hashtag Walk Away, which is about former Democrats walking away from the Democrat Party. He's a really Trumpy kind of guy, and um, he was at Jan. He was at the Capitol on January sixth, and. Um, he got arrested for, you know, a litany of things at um, the Capitol. And um, so he put on this performance art where uh, they had like an actual cage next to the walkaway booth. And um, he had an orange jumpsuit and a MAGA hat on. And he um, sat in a chair in the cage and uh, pretended to cry um, for like hours. Like I was actually a little impressed by how how long he was able to pretend to cry. And every once in a while, he would get up from his chair and um, write on the chalkboard, um, it, you know, where's everybody? And, you know, he'd count the days um, on, on the chalkboard, too. And um, so I was I was um, getting pictures of that and all. And and then all of a sudden, you know, these huge security guys come over and, you know, they they, they push everyone away. And, you know, next thing I know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is like right in front of me. And then she goes inside the cage with Brandon and like gets on her knees and like pretends to wipe away his pretend tears 
and like pretends to console him and and then um some some random guy um in front of the cage just uh like you know extends his arms and like you know pretends to i guess be in solidarity with them and so he just starts um he starts saying the lord's prayer and everyone starts doing it with him and um people were saying you know margie taylor green went in there to to pray with brandon but no some random dude just started praying out loud and uh, everyone just joined along so um it just kind of reached peak absurdity at that point so i just took a picture of that and posted on twitter and um it it, it went pretty viral margie taylor green part and then a few people have picked up on the struggle part but you're saying this went on for hours oh yeah he was he was crying for hours until he had to speak um and that that speech um was really aggressive so it it didn't seem like it went um as planned um he he was on a panel with um this guy um representative um brian babin he's a he's a representative for texas congressional 36 district and um he was talking about how no congressman called him at all when he was sitting in a jail cell which he never did he never sat in a jail cell so he lied about that um he actually um got out of jail time because he was cooperating with the feds and uh, ratting out all of his buddies at january 6. so um he was complaining he was you know acting like he was a victim he was you know getting really upset and he was basically turning the crowd against brian babin just this one congressman and saying why didn't you do anything and brad babin was you know a little shaken you know he his voice was shaky and people were just like from the crowd heckling him and saying, why didn't you do anything? Well, you know, what's wrong with you? And like, it, it got really bad. And it was after that moment that everyone showed up at the um, walk away booth and the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing happened. And it, it just, yeah, like I said, reached peak absurdity at that point. Because we only get to see it in glimpses and you're there. Did the Mar the Marjorie Taylor Greene, was that planned or spontaneous? How, what is your feel on, especially with the context think, you just gave with the speech? Was, was yeah. that planned? That had to be planned yeah, then, right? It, it that's had to be planned time. because she was talking about no congressman calling her and all that. I mean, call, calling him and all that. And so I, I'm, I assume Marjorie Taylor Greene got word of that or she was listening to the speech. And so she, um, in an act of performance, um, showed up and um, pretend, pretended to console him. But, you know, since he was, you know, going so hard at Brian Babin for not co contacting him, I'm, I was actually surprised that she that I mean, that he um, let her, you know, play along in his performance art because she never called him either. Right. So, like, I, I mean, I was I was surprised, like, why, why is why is he playing along with her? Why isn't he like calling her out for, you know, not calling him while she was in the cage? Yeah, some there was definitely some emails exchanged or text messages, and that got planned out. Let's be honest here. Obviously, yeah. though, if he's going after a sitting congressman, they're all up for elections, so somebody's somewhere in there. On Twitter, it was fun watching it because, of course, you know I'm a I'm of a different group, so I was watching it on Twitter unfold, and everybody was they were all immediately like, "Wait a minute, he's the guy that ratted everybody else out, and that's why he's not in prison." But did people there in the room not put those two together? They got Google on their phone, right? They could Google who this guy is while they're standing there. Did you see any hint of that, or was it just oh, going no. on with the show? No, everyone was very supportive of him. Everyone believed every word he said. And this guy was definitely swindling everyone, but everyone um, was, like, pretending. Like, there were people. I'm not sure if they were actually crying, but there were people who were, like, actually crying, like, seeing him, cr like, pretend to cry. Um, and um, they also gave out, like, 
silent disco headsets to um to to hear what brandon was saying but also there was like multiple channels and one channel um you get to hear what the stories of other january 6 prisoners um had and um yeah people were seemed you know very upset about what was going on and um there were a lot of reporters around the cage and one of them had a mask on and so people started to target her <laughs> um she was a reporter from vice and um one person was really loud and really vocal saying you know she's from vice she's going to slander him you know just really defend really defensive of uh of uh brandon straka and uh people like started to sort of like crowd around her and um she had a and you know before she could like before it got like bad um that's when marjorie taylor green showed up and so the focus was now on marjorie taylor green out on this you know vice reporter who's just taking pictures and trying to do her job did you see a lot of uh other instances with that because cpac's a big event although this isn't as big as the national one but trump was there so obviously it was a heightened event did you see a lot of regular mainstream press for lack of a better term were they there were they kind of a low-key presence was there other incidences like that um to me it seemed like most of the mainstream press showed up um on the third day when trump was speaking um but um regarding like just walking around um there there were maybe just a few reporters doing that i, I know vice is known for um, going to right-wing events and like reporting on you know quote-unquote extremism um but that's like just a vice thing so i, I didn't i couldn't i didn't really get to see the credentials of um everyone else but uh yeah i mean i talked to her and um she said that um she was you know she was being targeted all day because of her mask you know <laughs> like she was doing with the mask there was more people with masks on in the media than you know, in the whole audience. So people could easily tell, like, she's not on our side. Yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Uh, Chris Schlock joining us. He was at PAC. Um, something else you brought up in your experience there and writing about it. You talk about the conspiracy theories. How prevalent was it? Because the, it's easy for the outside mainstream press and the national area to be like, oh, it's just a conspiracy fest. How much of a theme was it? How constant was it? The conspiracy theories, not just the election but some of the other stuff now, again, timeline wise, remember this is a week ago. So this is before Trump and the search warrant and all that, the we're targets, we're victims, Trump's innocent, all of that kind of stuff. How prevalent really was it? You know, I, I wish, I wish um, that the mainstream media was wrong about this, but there, there were a ton of conspiracy theorist stuff um, and boots. When you walk in, the first one you see is, uh, real America's voice news and you know they're known and they were like presenting like Steve Bannon's war room show um, and you know that guy is is known for all kinds of fringe ideas and and conspiracy theories um, and there were you know Mike Lindell was there but you know he's more of just a election was stolen and kind of conspiracy theorist but then there was like Jack Posobiec um, the Pizzagate conspiracy theorist kind of guy he basically hops on any trendy conspiracy theory. There was a one booth called Grid Down Power Up, um, which is a conspiracy theory about the electric grid um, being controlled um, by elites and you know going to be shut down. You know, uh, and some sort of sinister motive there. Uh, but yeah, there were there were a lot of conspiracy booths and um, politicians who embraced conspiracy theories, like Sid Miller. Um, and uh, there was also the um, Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCulloch, who um, who believe that the vaccine it has a sinister motive to it. And um, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, sort of what's already mainstream in the GOP, like um, the anti-vax stuff and the election was stolen stuff. But um, there was also some other fringe conspiracy theories that um, the GOP hasn't, you know, wholly embraced yet talking about these things um because we human nature is what it is but we don't want to always pigeonhole everybody i'm sure there's a spectrum involved here oh yeah how much of it do you think is ignorance and how much of it do you think is actually out and out maliciousness because those are two different things to be fair to folks i i imagine there's a portion of people that just get swept up in this stuff and then there's the people like you talk about posebic and these guys who peddle in this because it's their business model Give me a ratio or a feeling. How much of it is, do you think, people going along with the crowd and then people where it gets really malicious and dark, like threatening reporters, like that kind of stuff? I think it's more ignorance. I, I don't think it's that much. I think it's usually a tiny percentage of people that are actually malicious. It seemed like a lot of um, ignorance. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, there there were definitely true believers of the of these things, some uh some shirts like Alex Jones was right, um, Infowars shirts, and well, there there was like some some Proud Boys there, and like some uh, uh, Enrique Tario supporter um, supporters there, and um, he's the found one of the founders of Proud Proud Boys. Um, so there there were um, the fringe was was not you know shy, uh, I'd say at uh, at CPAC, but I don't think that's the majority of people there now we know cpac shoes off um some of the really really vile folks the nick people kind of 
um, who keeps trying to show up. Nick Fuentes, we're talking about, who keeps trying to show up at these things. They did manage to kind of get rid of him and and shoo him off. Yeah. Other than that, though, because he's so extreme that everybody's kind of sure. Where is the line? Because they don't seem to be doing a whole lot of policing their own on this stuff, do they? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I I wish I knew what the line was. Um. I will say that there was this this one like white nationalist group that that you know CPAC did not approve of that uh showed up um during a, a time that I wasn't um that was not there. I think it was during the Cattleman Cattleman's Ball. I, I I don't really know who showed up also, but um there was like, you know, Facebook messages and all that, like come come to our booth. Um so you know I do think that CPAC is good at policing um stuff that's like racist like you know nick fuentes white nationalist types but uh, when it comes to conspiracy theories i don't think they're as uh strict chris slack joining us on her tell we're going to take a quick break when we come back a lot of big names that's what usually gets covered we're going to talk to him about those big names what their reactions were in the hall talk about the attendance which got a lot of coverage uh before trump got there and then of course the main event itself donald trump spoke more about cpac with our friend chris slack right after this on her tell Uh, welcome back to Hertel. We're continuing to talk to our friend Chris Slock. He was at CPAC down in Dallas. I, which was it officially? Because I've seen CPAC Dallas, CPAC Texas. What is the, what does the actual branding on the wall say down there? It's uh, CPAC Dallas. CPAC Dallas. You are the same thing that everybody just called it CPAC Texas. But that's what Texas folks do. They try to take over everything. You're a Texas Longhorn. You know how this goes. Um, that's a little. I'm kidding. I've been. I'm a West Virginia guy. We've. Uh, had our moments the last few years, my friend. All right. The big names are always the headliners on this. That's how they advertise the event. Let's talk about a few of them. Uh, you were there for this one. Name that's getting more, I think he gets more attention in the press, the mainstream press, than he probably does in conservatives or on conservative media. Rick Scott, of course, he's a powerful, he's a senator. Um, he's in charge of the Senate committees for funding things. He got in a little bit of trouble earlier this year with his plan that wasn't really a plan has presidential ambitious, allegedly. What was his reaction there? Because he seems like one of those guys that's really having a hard time bridging the gap between what he wants to be and what he thinks he has to be to the base of the party, a.k.a. folks at CPAC. Yeah, um, so there wasn't like that much clapping and cheering when he came out, but um, based on what he said, um, a lot of people were really supportive. Um, He talked about the militant left, being the newest threat, you know, in the past it was communism and um, World War II, World War One. But he said, you know, the militant left, um, the people on our own soil is the newest threat. And so there's a lot of militaristic kind of language that people really seem to love. Um, there's other instances of guys being um, speaking like that. Uh, Mark Robinson was another one um, talking about um, just like being a soldier and dying on the hill and all that just a a lot of over the top kind of military language um yeah people seem to to really really uh gravitate toward that it's kind of weird coming from him who ought to know better 
he referenced the War of eighteen twelve. He referenced the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. It wasn't like an offhanded reference. This was kind of a theme for him trying to tie the two together, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Ugh. We'll leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> name the guy gets a lot of attention. Uh, the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. He was all over the place on social media on this, but in the halls in the convention center. Uh, not quite the reception some folks might think he's get. What was his reaction by the people at CPAC? Um, people, people really liked him. Um, he was all over the place. He was at um, all kinds of booths doing interviews. Uh, people uh, just loved to see him. Yeah, he, I mean, he had a he had a really popular speech as well. Um, people liked what he was saying. I don't remember exactly what he said, um, so it wasn't that memorable to me. But um, yeah, um, people seem to be really supportive of Mike. Name that gets more attention overseas than here, but he's gotten a lot of play in conservative and and especially right wing Trump media. Nigel Farrens, of course, he was you know involved in Brexit and that sort of thing, but he's making a pretty good living over here on the speaking circuit. Mm-hmm. What was the reaction to him? Just like um, just like Orban, it seemed like <clears throat> this you know this guy who was an American it seemed like people didn't really know him that well, um, but everything he said, uh, people loved. Uh, he, you know, he talked about. Um, Trump being a great president, he talked about fake news, right? He, he hit on the on every you know right wing talking point that you know got people riled up. So, um, yeah, I mean, people 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 seem to like him. An interesting point in his speech, and you mentioned it on your coverage when you were live tweeting about this. He came out real strong for Carrie Lake. That seems like a weird marriage, like. Does he really know who Carrie Lake is other than maybe meeting her? Did, is there a deton- like that? That seemed kind of strange that those two would go together. Yet there he was promoting her pretty heavily. People cheered it, of course, because they love her as well. That kind of seemed odd to me. Did it strike you as odd? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. odd. Um, but it, the whole the whole event was like a Carrie Lake um, and Trump love fest. Um, I'd say like almost half the speakers mentioned her name um, and they always got a good cheer out of it. So. Um, uh, maybe he was just saying, you know, what other speakers were saying, because I mean, people really loved her. Um, and, um, I think on the first day, um, the results still weren't decided. And, um, so there was, um, definitely some, uh, some worry over that, but, um, I think on the second day it was decided. And so, you know, people were really, really happy. It's odd, though, because Carrie Lake, of course, she's running for governor of um, Arizona. What you're talking about is the GOP nomination was pretty close. They had to, and of course, it's a Western state, so it took a little while with the time difference. So it took about an extra day and a half before we got a conclusive result there. She's now the nominee for the GOP. Kind of weird for a state governor that's, you know, nominee to be the headliner for a CPAC. But like you just mentioned, Maybe it was just because of the circumstances. And again, this is in Texas, not in Arizona. If it was in Arizona, it makes sense. Why do you think there was so much focus on that? I've got to think it's because the people who think the election are stolen, they are very focused on Arizona. Is that the main part of that or is there something else involved in it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. I also think it's kind of like she's going up against the mainstream media. She used to work with the media. Now she's against it, calling it the enemy of the people. And um, she's, she's seen as this like, um, as this victim and she's like this, you know, she's this strong hero. That's, you know, that's 
defeated the mainstream media who's against her and defeated her opponent. So I think um, there's this like hero complex to her, kind of like Trump. A couple other ones. Um, Glenn Beck's an interesting one over the Trump years because he was against Trump, campaigned against Trump. There's a famous video from Vegas where he was actually in the room and Trump walked in and pretty much, for lack of a pun, trumped him from speaking and shut him down. Then he did the apology tour. Now he's back full-blown on Team Trump. What was his reaction to folks? Oh, people loved him. People loved Glenn Beck. They loved everything he said. He was saying, like, don't ever read mainstream news. Don't don't like don't read a single thing from it. Um, people loved just just loved him. Um, uh, he said a lot of Trumpy things. And um, I mean, people didn't heckle him like there were there were some speakers that got heckled. He, he was not one of them. So forgiven, I guess, by the base. Yeah. All right. You mentioned it. Who got heckled? Who did get heckled? Who was kind of those those people that didn't either hit the right note or folks just weren't having any of? Um, so the first one, I the first um, speaker event I went to was uh, one with Greg Abbott. He's uh, the governor of my state. And um, there was a there was a kind of a vicious primary. Um, and um, people were really supportive of. The, well, the, the the really hard, you know, MAGA base is really supportive of uh, Don Huffines. And so uh, people were, some people were calling Abbott a rhino and, you know, uh, not conservative enough. But um, there, I'd say most of the crowd was really supportive of, of Abbott. And the people who did heckle, like they got, um they got like nasty looks from people. And one of them actually brought security to go <laughs> um, take one of them out of the out of the event so um there was a lot of support for abbott but um some heckling for not being conservative enough he um he didn't um end the lockdowns as quickly as okay well yeah i think that's what he got heckled for because it's texas it's you know known to be really conservative and yet he did you know lockdowns and you know mass mandates so people um that's usually that that's what that's what um but people attack them for usually. Yeah. So Abbott was one of those and it was a theme other than when Trump was there. Cause of course he's the big ticket uh, headliner. There's a lot of talk of attendance. And one of the ones they talked about was Abbott's speech that there was a plenty of good seats still available as Bob Euchre used to say. Um, what was the attendance like? Because he was one of those that kind of got some viral attention on social media of like, Hey, there's not a lot of attendance here. Talk about the attendance situation. Yeah, so for the first couple of days, I'd say about half the seats were filled. Um, but on the third day, um, all the seats were filled. Um, it seemed like a um, really Trumpy event because, you know, there really wasn't um, that many people excited to see all the other speakers as much as they wanted to see Trump. And there was like a lot of um, a lot of cheering and, you know, clapping for like Marjorie Taylor Greene when she spoke and Matt Gates when he spoke. Um, more so than like other other any of the other speakers, but um, Trump definitely was the one speaker that um, people wanted to see at that event. Yeah, and we'll get to Trump in just a second. Okay, the name that got the most mainstream media coverage by far outside of Trump himself, maybe more than in a lot of ways, because we kind of know what a Trump speech at this point is going to be. Viktor Orban, he's the prime minister of Hungary, like you mentioned earlier. They just did a CPAC in Hungary a couple of months ago. So there's obviously a working relationship there. 
do people really know who this guy is? I know he stood up. I know he hit all the talking points. He gets the applause lines. He says things that sound conservative to the American conservative ear. Do they really know who he is and what he's about, though? Or was it just, oh, it's this foreign guy that says stuff we like? Yeah, so I'm more on the side of people didn't really know who he was. Um, but some some guy that was working for CPAC thought because there was like some, you know, some like dead silence um, in between the clapping that maybe some people were conflicted um, and knew a bit of him, but, you know, liked what he was saying. I, I think majority of people didn't know him, um, but um, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, like you said, um, he hit all the conservative talking points. Um, one lady next to me was saying, oh, my goodness, he's amazing. Um, he was telling, you know, conservatives to, you know, curb illegal immigration. And um, he talked about winning the culture war. Um, he talked about Hungary's low flat tax rate. Um, he said Hungary actually built their wall. Um, he called mainstream media fake news, said winnings become our daily habit. Um, he talked about Christian and family values, criticized George Soros, uh, praised law enforcement, and um, talked about law and order. So um, this guy, you know, really knew what to say. He seemed to understand um, our movement a little too well. Um, uh, yeah, but people, you know, gave him a standing ovation. They loved everything he said. So it's a little it's a little disturbing you know how how well he knows uh, the movement and you know how ignorant people are of him and same thing with like brandon straka like people loved everything he said but you know didn't actually do research into seeing you know this guy's actually fake like he, he he's not anything like that that he says he is See, I don't want to be Pollyannish here because I, you know, we've been doing this a while. We're all grown folks. We know how this works. This, this is a, this is a preaching to the choir event. People are going to hear what they want to hear. That's why they're going to this. However, in the age we live in now, kids in schools and people at their churches, if something gets said screwy by a teacher or a preacher at your church, the first thing everybody does is jerk out their phone and Google it. That's a thing now in culture. Everybody's doing it. Schools are having to pass rules about it. Colleges are. It's a thing among churches. I was just talking to some friends of the Christian persuasion. They're like, oh, no, this is a thing. You got to be careful preaching because people are fact checking you in real time. Why isn't anybody Googling Brandon Straka when he's in a cage for four or five hours? Why? Like, they, I understand the answer to this, but you tell me your perspective on it. That just blows my mind. It's like, oh, this guy's speaking. Maybe I should Google him real fast and learn something about him. Did you see any of that? I didn't see any of it. Um, I think it's because people wanted to believe what he was saying. Um, but I also think it's because like 90% of the audience were, were like really old. Um, I think the, like, if I could take a guess, the median age was probably around 65, maybe older. There was, there were, there were a lot of elderly folks there. You, you know, look in the crowd and you see a lot of gray hair, you know? Um, so I, I you know, I, I don't think old people are as, um, um, technologically, you know, capable as, as young people. So that, I mean, that could be a good reason why. Makes sense. Chris Schlock joining us. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, the main event of these things, Donald J. Trump gets in the building. We'll also talk about one of those other factors that we've been kicking around on some of our messaging stuff. Why CPAC might be trending older and older. Doesn't have anything to do with the politics either. Uh, finish up with CPAC, our friend Chris Schlock right after this on Herdtail.
Uh, welcome back to Hertel. Oh, we've been talking about CPAC, not from narratives, not from conjecture, somebody that's actually there in the room. It's how we like to do things here on Hertel. Chris Schlock's joining us, one of our great uh, Young Voices contributors. He's also an intern at USA Today. He's got some good writing, including a piece out on this. Look for that. We're going to link to it in the show notes. Make sure you read it for yourself. Okay, we just talked about the attendance. It was interesting because we do the Young Voices stuff, and I'm also doing the mentoring stuff. So we have you know discussion groups where we talk about things. I found it really interesting. One thing that got brought up by people of why they don't attend CPAC is they talk about how expensive it's gotten. And especially, and I think part of it is it used to be a once a year thing. So people are like, okay, we save up or a lot of, um, a lot of groups fundraise to go to CPAC. A lot of youth, like youth and college, they'd see, they'd fundraise and go to CPAC. That'd be the one year thing. I think with them doing it more and more often, it's just getting expensive and people aren't doing it. You talked about the age demographic. Well, that's the age that's got disposable income and time on their hands. Is that part of what's changing the demographic, not just the politics and ideology, but maybe they're overextending this brand just a little bit too much? Is that a thing? I think that's a that's a good possibility. Um, the the ticket was, I'd say, um, almost three hundred dollars, but the student ticket was fifty dollars. So there there still is an incentive for students to go. But anyone that isn't a student and is in between the age of, um, like, say, you know, 20 and, um, I don't know, uh, 60, like, th those, that's not really the age group that I saw there. And, you know, that would make sense. Those, those people aren't students, you know, they don't have a lot of disposable income like, you know, old people do. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you you could say price is a reason. and you know, the, the ticket did not include the hotel. So you had to pay for that too. And it was at the Hilton and Anatole hotel, which is a really old hotel, but it's also expensive as well. So, I mean, that could be a good reason. Um, but I also think another reason is um, TPUSA has been having these student action summits and it's just all young people. Um, I was talking to some students at CPAC and they say, yeah, I've, you know, mostly only go gone to, TPUSA, it's like all kids, you know, senior old people there. So I think TPUSA has been, you know, suctioning away that those, you know, kids and students from CPAC and, you know, old people have just been taking over CPAC. So interesting demographic to keep an eye on going forward. Okay. Main event, uh, Trump shows up. Before that, they did the straw poll. He won by 69%. Don't tell me that didn't get gimmicks, but we'll leave that alone for another time. Uh, he wins the straw poll handily. DeSantis is a distant, distant third at like 28-30%. We know the reaction is going to be big. Look, his speeches now are pretty much the greatest hits package. We, we, don't, we don't even have to cover it. We know what he's going to say to these things. Is the enthusiasm in the room still there for this? Were they still hanging on every word? Were they hitting all the applause lines? Oh, absolutely. Every, every single word. Um, I will say because his speech seemed a little longer than usual. Speeches are usually um, a little bit over an hour, like an hour and 10 minutes. This one went on for like an hour and 45 minutes. So I could tell there's a little bit of um, people were being a little, we're getting a little tired. Um, a few people um, left the room probably to, to leave early because there's a lot of, you know, you'd, there'd be a lot of traffic. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, everyone still seemed really supportive and, um, um, really excited to see him there. What um what was kind of his theme? We again we know what he's going to say. Did he seem to key on certain specific things? We already talked about the Carrie Lake thing. He highlighted that 
there was the the great graphic of her putting her hand over her heart as if she was on the bachelor when he called her out um but what was some of the themes he really seemed to be emphasizing on like you said he went longer than even he normally does what do you think he was trying to get across um it seemed a lot of people have speculated on this um it seems it seemed it seemed to me to be like a campaign speech opened up his, his speech with this video um talking about how dark america is and you know one day you know there's going to be light and america's going to be great again um you know he, he hasn't come out and said that he's going to be the 2024 um candidate yet but um it seemed a lot like uh like a campaign speech and you know like and, and just like any other trump speech it was there's a lot of rambling and you know talking about um the 2020 election and um people that weren't loyal to him you know talking about mitch mcconnell and um talking about how great um some of the candidates he endorsed were and um so things like that um it seemed like a very typical trump speech but in the beginning it, it, it um it appeared to be uh, uh like a like a campaign the room and the mood and of course since since cpac happened and now that we're talking about this we've had the mar lago search warrant stuff um so that's probably changed this calculus a little bit but the mood in the room and the mood from trump was there any doubt in anybody's mind that he's going to run Oh, everyone seemed absolutely certain that he's going to run. Um, no one seemed uncertain. Um, yeah, I think there's a reason why he got 69% um, percent on that poll. Um, and he and another CPAC straw poll, he got um, 99% approval rating, which apparently is up 2% from, from last year's CPAC poll. Um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone, everyone believes that he's running and um, I don't think they're wrong. Who we talk about Trump and all the other big names. Sure. It, who's somebody that maybe we're not all talking about that really seems to distinguish themselves and that the people at CPAC, that Trumpian base of the GOP, they're really talking about them. And the rest of us maybe haven't been talking about them or are missing on. Yeah. So one guy I'd say is Mark Robinson. That's someone I didn't really know of. Um, he, he gave a, a really, um, he gave a really good speech. Um, a lot of a lot of like militaristic language and stuff like that. You know, like don't give up, keep fighting. Um, you know, you're you're a soldier and all of that. And um, but he he really knows how to give a good speech. He's really passionate. Um, there were points where he was like just yelling into the mic. You know, and people were roaring like like almost on their feet the whole time. Um, I, I say he's probably one of the the most talented speakers at um that i saw at the whole event i i, I want to look more into him because i don't really know too much about him yeah i'm familiar with him of course i'm i'm split my time i'm based out of north carolina he's a lieutenant governor of north carolina he was um a factory worker he went viral for going to i believe it was a county commission meeting might have been a city council meeting uh over the second amendment that speech went viral and then he ran for office and won uh he's probably going to be the next governor of north carolina he's he's getting to be that popular he's got some problematic things in his past but he is extremely charismatic he is great on the mic um that's a very good catch and a very good call out because he is definitely one of those people uh folks need to watch out for uh mark robinson lieutenant governor of the state of north carolina folks can look him up good catch on that one let's let's circle back to where you started though to to put a bow on this you wrote about it in your piece in usa today you talk about the conspiracy theories you talk about the lies 
there seems to be two modes of this. There's either the really enthusiastic folks and then there's the people that recoil. But there's folks like you and like me, because I used to be like this. You know, I, I, I think we need to have healthy conservatism in this country for the country to be healthy. I get sad looking at something like this. I mean, I, there's parts of it that make me angry, but mostly it's just sad. Like, this is sad to me that people are buying into this. That seemed to be kind of the mood you had. You articulated to me from being in the room. You're walking around. You're seeing people buying the conspiracy theories. What's that sad feeling coming from? Because you're a little younger than me. Just kind of talk through that for a minute. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sad. Um but like I, I first started getting into politics in like 2016. Like I'm I'm just a kid, you know. Um, like that's that's around the the age of Trump. Um, and so like I'm familiar with all this, but um, and I'm not really too familiar with um a pre-Trump Republican Party. Um, so like this all seemed very familiar to me. It seemed like you know a typical Trumpy ev event. Um, but there was some other fringe stuff that like you know I, I was. A little shocked by or sad about um but yeah i mean i, I i'm like a you know s small government uh freedom kind of you know conservative and um you know just and just seeing this stuff about conspiracy theories and um and like these populist booths um like um america's americans for national Re renewal um and stuff like that um just just seeing like the philosophical change was bothersome to me. Um, Jack Posobiec had a CPAC panel where he talked about the new right, um, talked about, you know, more focus on, you know, stuff like industrial policy and um, the right needs to stop being afraid of big government and all that. And um, it's, I'd say that bothers me more than the, than the sort of crazy flashy things that you see at CPAC just the like philosophical undercurrent. Yeah. I think what bothers me the most is just the fact that nobody has the ability to look at something like a victim. Like I mentioned before about Googling, I'm being a little facetious, but that, that like you didn't even bother to look up who this guy is. That's the part that bothers me. It, it, it's not that you, cause I, people get sucked into stuff and people like, I, I can understand that how that happens, but it's like, you don't, you, you don't even do base level stuff. Like just checking, seeing who a guy is it, that, that kind of stuff bothers me. Uh, Chris Schlock, this is great information. Really appreciate your time today. The pieces out of USA Today, we're linking to it uh, till we get you back because we're going to. I found it fascinating you talking about not remembering a pre. Um, my first election was 1998, which is the Clinton impeachment election because they impeached him in January 99. So I wonder, I've always wondered like how much that affects how I view politics was that era. Um, and I'm sure your politics are affected by this era. We'll have to have a chat about that sometime soon. Till we get you back on Herdtel again, though, let folks know where they can follow you and what you got going on, my friend. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Chris Schlock. That's S-C-H-L-I-K. Um, you can find me at USA Today just by searching my name. Um, and uh, I recently, <clears throat> I recently um, wrote an article for Free the People on uh, tariffs and uh, in China. So you can check that out too. Guessing China is not a popular thing at CPAC. Not at all. I figure. Uh, Chris Slock, great work interning at USA Today. He's writing all over the place. Another one of our great Young Voices contributors. We'll definitely have you back, buddy. Great information. Appreciate the time. Thanks for working with us on the schedule. It took us about a week to get this in there. And we'll talk real soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. All the music on Hurtel is provided under a creative content license from MonsterCat.com.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.